For Come Follow Me this week, we're only focusing on one section of the Doctrine and Covenants, section 29. And while we're only studying one section, we learn a lot from it. But first, let's get the background. I'm Art, and this is So What? At this point in church history, we're coming out of the whole Hiram Page incident that we mentioned last week. This was a pretty crazy situation that convinced many strong members of the church. While we don't know the specifics of what Hiram Page's false revelation said, we do know that some of them had to do with the building up of Zion in preparation for the second coming of Christ. At the same time, these members are devouring this new book of scripture, the Book of Mormon and along with their biblical knowledge, are even more intrigued by the concept of building up Zion. It's a theme they've read about in the Bible and one they are also seeing as they continue to study the Book of Mormon. And on top of that, Joseph Smith has started another translation of the Bible using a Bible that he bought from E.B. Grandin, the same guy who was publishing the Book of Mormon. In fact, a lot of the revelations in Doctrine and Covenants come as a direct result of what Joseph comes to learn as he's translating the Bible. But if the Book of Mormon was translated from an ancient Egyptian language to English, and the Bible that Joseph Smith was using was already in English, what language were they translating the Bible from? Obviously, the word translate here isn't being used the same way. You see, in Joseph Smith's time, the word translate was used to mean transform or change, much like the Apostle John was translated in the New Testament. He was transformed. In fact, in one of the church history essays, it says, Joseph Smith did not employ Hebrew and Greek sources or a knowledge of biblical language to render a new English text. Rather, he used a copy of the King James Bible as the starting point for his translation, dictating inspired changes and additions to scribes who recorded them first on paper and later as notes in the margins of the Bible itself. As he worked on these changes, he appears in many instances to have consulted respected commentaries by biblical scholars, studying them out in his mind as a part of the revelatory process. Which is really interesting if you think about it because we often think of revelation as strictly about the spiritual and feelings and emotion, which it is, but revelation also requires intellect and study. Like we read before, it requires working it out in our mind and in our heart. So all those situations, Hiram Page's false prophecies, the Book of Mormon discussing the building up of Zion in preparation for the last days, and the starting of the translation of the Bible come colliding together and lead Joseph to receive the revelation at this second general conference of the church that is now known as section 29. I hope this helps as you start your study this week. Check back later as we dive in deeper into what we learned from this section. Tiny heart. I'll see you later.